Well, continuing along with our uh, journey through the first letter, or for the for, for this first reading here, St. Paul's letter to the Romans, uh, we're, we're entering into a little bit of new, new territory. We've seen a lot. We've seen uh, what grace is, that grace has been revealed to us by God through the gospel, and how that grace has been merited for us through the death of Christ seen a lot about original sin and original sin's relationship to grace. Essentially, original sin is defined as an absence of the grace that God intended to be there for human beings, but is not there because of a, a historical sin that took place at the beginning of human history and how Christ's death came to uh, remedy that, that universal problem. And uh, we've seen that the consequences of original sin still remain with us and they... Uh, they are um, part of the an essential part of the moral struggle and the moral journey towards growth in holiness. And today, though, I think what we what we have here, Saint Paul, is talking to us um, in such a way that we, we we come to grasp a very important question: is basically how do we know that we have grace? Okay, so this whole thing about grace being. Rest- being essential to us, being restored, so forth and so on. How do we know that we have grace? Very important question. And for our Protestant brothers and sisters, they believe that they're saved. I mean, not all of them, but there's a, there's a very large proportion of American Protestant Christianity that uh, understands salvation is this simply a choice that you choose to be saved. You choose to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And uh, bada bing, bada boom, you're, you're saved, you know? And you, and you can't, you can't lose that salvation, all right? Um, certainly not the Catholic understanding, and I think it's it's not the, the scriptural understanding either. Uh, St. Paul says, very, very important here, he says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So we know that we are living as a, ch- a child of God, as a son of God or a daughter of God, if we have the Spirit as our guide as our main principle. What does that mean? Well, it's an essentially it's a, a moral reality. Okay, So those who live uh, holy lives, lives that are determined by the lordship of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit, those are people who are sons of God. Those who have that grace of adoption, those are they who have that grace of adoption. Uh, there's also there's a subjective indicator too. Uh, so Saint Paul says the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay, with the Spirit of adoption, we cry out, "Abba, Father." So there is a certain dimension, and it's totally legitimate to say, you know, am I am I in a state of grace? Well, I enjoy hearing the Word of God. I enjoy praying. Um, uh, I, I feel in my heart that um, God loves me, and I. I Really have this sense of consolation, and, and I feel a sense of presence, God's presence. Those are all legitimate signs to look to to to, to determine whether or not you're in a state of grace. But they're, all of those subjective indicators are completely trumped by simply uh, a measure that can be seen objectively and externally, and that is whether or not I'm living according to the moral law. Okay, and that's why we talk about an examination of conscience. So if your conscience convicts you of mortal sin, it means you're not in a state of grace. Simple. You, you've lost that, that grace. 
And the way that it's restored primarily is through the sacrament of reconciliation. Okay, That's why it's so important to make a distinction between mortal sin and venial sin. Venial sin does not lose the grace of God. Uh, mortal sin does. It forfeits the grace of God. And I, it's amazing that I think in a lot of popular Catholic culture we've gotten away from just making a distinction between mortal and venial sin. So people will, we really start to fall into a Lutheran theology whereby, well, we're all sinners, and but we're all saved at the same time. So God understands, no big deal, don't need to go to confession. Uh, really, really bad um, mindset to get into. We are all sinners when it comes to venial sin. But we're not all sinners when it comes to mortal sin. Uh, at least it's possible to live a life free of mortal sin. It's not possible to live a life free of venial sin. No matter how holy we get, there's always going to be at least semi-deliberate venial sins that we'll commit. The greatest saint ever, barring the Blessed Mother, uh, the greatest saint ever always committed at least some, at least semi-deliberate venial sins in their life. Uh, but not mortal sins. And we have to get rid of mortal sin completely if we want to be saved. If we want to be a son of God, that's what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. To have the Spirit of God and not our fallen human nature, our concupiscence, be the, be the king in our life. No, it's the Spirit of God that's got to be in our life. And so the moral law and obedience to the moral law, especially in grave matters, is absolutely essential for salvation. Um, I believe this is very important that the Holy Spirit wants us to hear this, that he wants us to know that he has to be the, the king in our life. I like the fact that uh, Patty chose this Holy Spirit song. You know, we sung first things. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And he's saying he wants to be uh, the Lord of our life. And thereby, we can know that we are the sons and daughters of God.